The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So it's been almost or just over one year since the show began. And I actually had forgotten that a year ago I began hosting this Stories from the Heart of Leadership and I got all of these congratulatory notes in my LinkedIn account and emails from people and I wondered, what are they congratulating me for? And then I asked one of them, I saw someone at a conference and she said, oh, it's your radio show. And I said, wow, has it been a year I really can't believe how quickly this year has gone by. And what I know for sure is that between the first show and this show, I have developed and grown quite a bit as a host. Considering I had no experience hosting a radio show when I began, uh, a year's worth of shows has certainly given me lots to chew on and to learn and to evolve along the way. And that evolution continues in all realms of my life. I can't also believe, I cannot also believe that it's almost the end of February. This year has begun and begun very quickly for me. I was just speaking to one of my guests who I'm going to introduce in a moment about the pace of my life these days and I said I'm waiting for it to slow down and she said maybe you shouldn't wait any for it to slow down because it never seems to and I sort of laughed um, but almost cried at the same time when I heard that because I've been thinking about what my theme is for 2015 and I have two ways of saying what I think my theme is. It's my personal theme. It's not my business theme. It's sort of the all of my life theme. Uh, First, I would call it save my own life and second, I might call it this. It's not cool to deplete myself anymore. So those two, uh, those two themes, if you like, mean the same thing. They're just coming from opposite sides of the same coin. And the funny part is, the part that makes me laugh is, it's not cool to deplete myself anymore. Like, hey, I've been depleting myself and um, it's not cool to do that. But the part that makes me cry is when I think about saving my own life. And I think it has something to do with the topic of today, which is we exist and evolve. And what I wanted to Uh, I invited my guests, uh, Barbara Bram and Chris Wall, to join me here today to talk about this topic because I believe, and so do they, that we are always evolving. So, for example, in my business life, I've been sharing with you that I've been evolving the business from I'm the only one who can do what I do to perhaps it would be useful to employ a team. 
to deliver the work that seems to be in such high demand. And it's been hard this year so far. I haven't progressed as quickly or as smoothly into the new as I would like. And I'm a work in progress. And I believe that we are all beautiful works in progress. And that leads me so perfectly to introduce two other beautiful works in progress to you, Barbara Bram and Chris Wall. They are colleagues of mine from uh, some of the corporate leadership development and executive coaching work that I do. They are mentors of mine, and they have been in this work much longer than I have and have been just beautiful way showers for me, as well as teachers of mine who I've uh, had the benefit of taking some of their training, and they're going to talk a little bit more about what's coming up in that realm. So if you're a coach or someone who does leadership development, you'll be very very excited to hear about what's coming up. So let me stop talking for a moment and allow our guests to say hello. Uh, Barbara and Chris, welcome. Thank you, Shemin. Thank you so much, Shemin. It's so wonderful to be here with you together. And I I don't want to just launch right into the upcoming events, although I'm very excited about them. But I do want to know... Um, from each of you, so maybe I'll start with you, Barbara. What led you into this work of working with humans to help them develop and grow? What was it that that made you start down this path yourself? I started my career, Shamin, as a therapist. And as a therapist, I worked with a lot of people that I would say were um, really trying to kind of recover from difficult situations in their life, particularly Mm -hmm. childhood difficulties. And while I think it's really, really important work to help people heal, I began to be aware that what I was actually more interested in was helping people be whole. Mm -hmm. So not just healing, but really um, stepping into their potential as a human being. So if you start looking at us as a human being from the perspective of wholeness, then you begin to realize that we actually evolve over time towards greater and greater wholeness. And so this topic that we've got today around adult development and how we evolve over time, I think has been personally important to me because it's been a framework and a lens that's really helped me and supported me in my work with working with leaders around how do they be whole and how do they step into all of what's possible for them. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that um, distinction between, I'm not sure if it's a distinction, but that, that journey from helping people heal to helping people be whole. It's just, um, there's something very beautiful about the notion of wholeness. I love that. Mm. And Chris, what about you? What led you into this work? Well, my path was a little different. Uh, while I did study psychology and graduate with a degree in counseling, I never actually did any counseling in a therapeutic way. I went immediately into the corporation mm. and began coaching before coaching was ever a word that we knew. Now, this was back in 1984. And my job was to work with three readers a day, that's what I was measured on, <laughs> to help them get through and become better managers and leaders. And that really has led me down a path um, of really deepening my ability to work with leaders 
uh, as a coach and as an organization development consultant. In my own personal life, I uh, was always searching for ways to help the leaders. And in the, in the meantime, I was also noticing that I myself was undergoing transitions that I really couldn't name or explain. And when I tried to explain them to people, um, I lost my audience because people couldn't really understand what I was trying to say. And it was by serendipity that I discovered the stages of development and I and the leadership circle, I discovered those about the same time, if I remember correctly. And they opened me to the incredible possibilities that this whole concept of the journey of development uh, brings up for us. And so that's how I got to this point of really being interested in adult development. It was really partly because of the leaders I was working with and partly because of my own transitions and wanting to have language and context and a deeper understanding of what was happening for me. The part that resonates most with me about what you just shared is that you used your own life and your own transitions or awareness of those transitions as uh, a reflection and uh, informative into the journey that you were going to then engage with with your your clients. And I think that's such an important point for us, all of us who are in this human development field, is to recognize that we too are in this journey. We we too are living through these these stages and these evolutions, and we're not um, separate from them. Which I know I sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that I should be finished or done or better than or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I love that. It really resonates so much with me. I forgot to mention at the beginning that if you'd like to call in and join the conversation, you can do so. So listeners, write this number down. It's 1-888-346-9141. Let me say it again. It's 1-888-346-9141. So if you'd like to join uh, myself and Barbara and Chris and engage in this conversation about evolving, then, then please do so. We'd be delighted to hear from you. So let's have a conversation now about what we mean when we talk about this evolution or these stages of development that we've been referencing. Um, I'm not sure who wants to go first. Uh, Well, let's go with Chris this time. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you talk about the stages of development. Okay. And Barbara, feel free to chime in as well. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe I'll toss it to you at some point. Okay. Um, For me... um, when I learned that there are stages of development that go beyond what we had traditionally thought. It used to be that, you know, psychologists thought that once you hit adulthood, you were pretty much finished. Mm-hmm. And that is so not true, and there's so much research to support it. So um, the stages themselves, uh, each one comprises a journey, and each one allows us to grow into ourselves Barbara talked about wholeness earlier. I think each stage is a step towards more and more wholeness. And each stage is a transition from when you're at one stage and you start to grow and evolve uh, and you move to the next stage, that constitutes a transition. And in some ways, uh, one way to think about it is that our operating system shifts. It expands. We're able to see more. We're able to take more perspective the more we go through this journey. Um, 
Barbara, I'm sure you can add to what I said. Well, I think maybe for our listeners, it's helpful to understand that when we're talking about these stages of development, we're actually talking about how we make meaning. So how do we make sense of our experience? And as Chris was just saying, it expands as we move through the stages. But it's maybe useful also to just put this in the context that there's many ways that we could understand our lifespan as it evolves over time. So some ways that you could understand your lifespan is just thinking about the phases that we go through. So there can be a phase of being in school. There can be a phase of starting a family. There can be a phase of taking care of elderly parents, a phase of retirement. So that's one meaningful way of understanding how we move through our life. What we're talking about today is how the way in which we make sense of those experiences has the possibility to get bigger and richer and more expansive and more inclusive. So a metaphor that's often used is that as we develop, it's like getting um, on a mountaintop, and each time we get on a mountaintop, we can see more, and we have a bigger perspective. And the bigger the perspective then the more choices we have, the more options that we have in our life. So that's what we're really talking about is how we evolve through changing ways of making sense and making meaning of what happens to us in our life. I have found the the little bit that I know about this to be so helpful to me in my work with other humans, my work as, a, as an executive coach. And I know that we have listeners who are in this field as well, but I'm sure that we have some listeners who are hearing this for the first time and maybe we're in, um, operating under the understanding, the old understanding, which is once you're an adult, that's it. And so can you give me some concrete examples, Barbara, of what it looks like or what it's what someone might say out loud um, at different stages about something. Well, I loved what you said in our opening, uh, Shamine, about I realized that, you know, I have to save my own life. Yeah. Well, there's a stage of development, and it's referred to as the achiever stage of development, when we are so focused on doing and achieving and accomplishing and getting things done that we can sometimes just kind of exhaust ourselves. Mm. And I've heard people at that stage say, you know, there must be another way. There must be some other possibility for how I could live my life, which is that call to transition that Chris was just speaking about. can be that call to transition to move to another way of making sense, another way of making meaning of our experience. So in any person's life, we can look at how that stage of development is influencing the way they're understanding what's actually happening to them. So if, I, if I've got this right, it's like if I'm in that stage that you called achiever, and I'm cheating a little bit because I do know, but, but I just want to really see if I can, if I can um, say back to you what I think I understand, that um, I might not be aware that anything other than just running to the finish line and, and, and plowing through my uh, to-do list every day, I might not be aware of any other way. 
Uh, and that would make me in that, that would mean that I was in that stage and I was sort of making meaning out of my life in that way. Like I've got to get things done. I've got to achieve results. I've got to produce. Um, but then there comes a point at which I might say, um, I'm not sure that this is serving me. Like I'm really tired. I don't seem to get better. I seem to get more exhausted, but the pile gets bigger. It's not really working as well as it did in my 30s. Then did I get that right? Yes, and then when you see it, Shamin, you may still be exhausted. <laughs> you may yes. still be busy. You may still be overcommitting. But yeah. when we move to the next stage of development, we mm-hmm. have more um, ability to observe that. We can reflect upon it. We can <sighs> say to ourselves, oh, here I am again. How did that happen? I thought I'd made a commitment to myself to do something different. So that being able to take a perspective... Now I can see, oh, I'm where I was once before. That's part of the evolution. So a person could be really busy and swamped, and even at the stage beyond, the what comes after the achiever stage is what we call the pluralist stage. So even the stage beyond pluralist, which is strategist, a person can still be feeling really overwhelmed and feel like they're very, very busy and they need to step back but it's how much perspective do I have? How much can I see that? What's my level of awareness? And that's what enables me to perhaps do something different. So instead of being sort of caught up in it, I can watch myself in it. Yes. And see that I'm in it. Ah, yes. Good. And you so may there's, want to there's add hope to that, Chris, too. There's, there's hope for me after all. <laughs> and Chris, before, before, you, before you jump in, um, we do need to take a break because I have Kevin, our engineer, who's helping me keep the larger perspective on the show here. So thank goodness for that. So let's go to break. But when we come back, I do want to hear from you. And I want to hear more about these stages that are beyond Achiever as well because they sound very interesting. So let's take a break for a moment. We'll be right back. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik. And I'm joined today by Barbara Bram and Chris Wall. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and I'm joined today by Chris Wall and Barbara Bram. We are talking about, well, we're talking about a number of things. We're talking about human evolution or, or, or adult evolution. We're talking about stages of adult development. We're talking about what it is to grow and evolve. And we've been exploring a little bit more about what it feels like at different stages of development beyond just becoming an adult. So over the break, we were chatting about how the show is going, and Chris reminded me that we, we've begun at a stage called Achiever, but we haven't talked about uh, what comes before that, and we also want to talk about what comes later. So Chris, why don't you uh, tell us more about the stages, and we were talking about the distinction between um, different kinds of times in your life. Right. So, um, so one of the things about this particular theory is that you can't skip a stage, which is something we were talking about achievers. Achievers would love to be able to skip a stage and get to where they want to go, and that's really a product of how they think. Mm-hmm. Barbara talked about how we make meaning. Well, uh, there are a couple of stages before the achiever stage that we often will see in the workplace. The first one is called the diplomat. And this is a person who loves harmony and who wants to fit in above all costs. At all costs, they want to fit in. And when you transition from the diplomat, the next stage is called the expert. And the reason that this is a big transition is because now you want to stand out. Mm. You've developed enough confidence and self-esteem to be able to move to this place where you want to stand out and you want to be known for who you are and what you know. And then comes the achiever stage, which Barbara described earlier. Achievers are very interested in achieving goals, and um, accomplishment is really one of their great big drivers. And this is the stage, the achiever stage, is the stage where the theorists believe that we begin, we begin the process of self-authoring, which means that we write our own story. So those three stages, the diplomat, the expert, and the achiever fall into a bucket that we call conventional. And every one of us goes through each of those stages to get to the achiever stage. And this conventional set of stages actually is the set of stages that are most rewarded in our culture. Mm. In fact, most management training, most leadership development, most any kind of training you would get in corporate, in corporate Canada or corporate America is geared to helping people achieve the achiever stage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, then there's, and then there's another bucket after that, which Barbara got into a little bit with the pluralist and the strategist. That, those 
those stages, which are certainly achievable, uh, are fall in a bucket called post-conventional. And the reason, one of the reasons, and there's so much to this theory, um, but one of the reasons that it's called post-conventional is because when a person hits that achiever stage, gets to a place where they go, hmm, is this all I, uh, is this all I am? Am I becoming who I want to become? Uh, is this all there is? When you start to ask those kind of questions, you start to move into this post-conventional um, stage called pluralist, which is where you really begin to author your story. Instead of being driven by as many external factors as maybe you had been up until that time, now you start to be driven and and maybe driven is too strong a word, but you start to become more aware, or as Barbara said, you start to have more perspective on the choices you're making, and you start to ask yourself, what is it truly, deeply, way inside of your heart that feels better for you? Hmm. And so I'll stop there and let Barbara add whatever you would like to add. Well, what I'd say, what I would add is that for us as coaches, I think, Shamin, many times coaches get invited to work with a leader when that leader might be transitioning between those two big buckets that Chris mm. was talking about, between conventional and post-conventional. Because our corporations and organizations are very good at helping people move from diplomat to expert and from expert to achiever. But after that, we're kind of on our own, which is part of what I think has been so valuable to myself and Chris, as she was saying earlier, to know about this theory has helped us understand our own evolution and our own journeys. Because once you reach a certain place or a certain point in these stages, then you're really kind of on your own to figure it out. So I think this can be really helpful to people who work with people whether you're a leader inside an organization, whether you're a coach, whether you're an OD consultant, whether you're a teacher, that if you can start to understand this, it helps you support and help others. You know, that's an interesting uh, piece there that you shared that I didn't know, which, which is that organizations do a great job of moving people through the conventional stages, but after that, that's when they need our, our help because that there's something about being sort of alone or left to your own uh, your own devices after that. It's almost like because the reward is, you know, if you're an achiever, then you get rewarded for that. That's, um, it, it, there seems to be a correlation between that we re- reward that stage and that after that stage, organizations aren't quite sure what to do to help you. Right. Cool. Right. We have mm-hmm. um, we have a caller on the line. Uh, her mm. name is Sheila, and she's calling from Toronto. She says she has a question, so let's find out what that is. Okay. Sheila, are you there? And maybe not. So we'll move on. Maybe she'll call back, or uh, maybe she waited too long, and and no, maybe we, we've answered the question. Hi, Sheila. Oh, hi, Shamin. And hello, ladies. Hello. I just want to comment. It's not necessarily a question, but your what you've said so far has resonated with me. In so much as I'm 57 years old, I've been 
wearing many different hats in my life as far as my career. I am an artist, and I found myself in this past year um, as looking after my mom in palliative care in her home. And what happens in this, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm speaking right from the heart, so forgive me, I'm a little nervous. But what's resonated with me is the part about writing your own story. Because when you're put in a situation where you're taken away from, you know, your regular life, and this is all things that I've accepted before taking on mm-hmm. this, um, it's, it's quite confusing and you know you're taken away as I say from things normally and I have gone through some interesting stages of writing my own story and making it easier for myself yeah so wow Sheila thanks so much for sharing your question and your story with us it sounds like part of what you're uh, uh, resonating with is that there is a story that you get to author, and it seems like for the moment, perhaps that story has been put on hold. Well, in fact, it's, it's the story. It is the story because ah. I am in part of, I am totally holy in this now. At the beginning, I was kind of floundering, but now mm-hmm. I can see this is exactly where I should be. Mm. So it's not a panic. I can think for the future in a yeah. different way. Mm. Yeah. So it's been very helpful. That just seems to happen naturally, just through thoughtfulness, I guess. I'm not sure, but you're <laughs> yeah. certainly helping me, too, in, in verifying. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sheila, for calling. You're very welcome. Thank you for the conversation. Take, take mm-hmm. care. Bye-bye. Barbara I, I, and I would, this, Yeah, I would yeah. add, Shamin, that yes. what Sheila is talking about is that when we go through difficult situations like her kind of leaving her work for a period of time yes. to be a caregiver, those are actually opportunities for us to develop. Mm. And it sounds like she is using this as an opportunity for more reflection and that she is discovering new ways to author herself. Yes. Now, that doesn't always happen to us, but when we have difficulties in life, that's one of the gifts that it may be an opening of a door to seeing life in a bigger way. Two things that strike me about that that is so beautiful. Um, One is that that these these difficult circumstances and, um, uh, well, yeah, difficult circumstances do prompt us to to have an opportunity to learn, to grow, to develop. But secondly, was the sense of peacefulness. I mean, right. I've always associated parts of my journey have not been peaceful. They've been me kicking and screaming through any transition that I've been through, or many of them anyway. But uh, there was a sense of peacefulness with Sheila that uh, even though I was framing it as maybe your story's on hold, her peacefulness with, no, actually, this is the story. Yeah. is the other thing that strikes me. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I think one of the ways to think about it is <clears throat> when you move to a p- the post-conventional set of stages, um, you're really in the question of who am I now, mm. which allows you to continually author that story. And so where I, where I was thinking uh, about Sheila is that she, she has found a peace in being able to say, 
this is where she is, and the story within that story of her mother is who she is becoming. Beautiful. Mm. My heart goes out to all of those who are caring for aging parents. My own mother is in that same scenario at this moment with my grandma. I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago that she had been admitted to the hospital and she she came home for a few days and then had to go back. So she's still in the hospital today with multiple health issues at a a later age in her life. And I see that, um, you know, for my mom, there's a new reality for her as well because most of her time these days is spent caring for her own mother. And right. so I just feel a lot of tenderness for Sheila, for my mom, and for all of you who, who are uh, in that scenario at this moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Shamin, when we're facing something difficult like that, we go the other direction. So in this model, in this theory, we also have something that's referred to as fallback. Mm. So sometimes I can fall back to an earlier stage when I'm under a lot of stress. And the reason for that is each of the progressive stages gets more complex and can hold more. And so when my life feels a bit overwhelming, I may not want all of that complexity. So I may actually fall back to seeing the world somewhat simpler Mm. because it's easier for me to cope with and manage. Hmm. Wow. And I think that's really important because those of us who might think about striving and driving and moving forward and life as a journey uh, could fail to acknowledge that sometimes part of the journey involves actually falling back. Falling back, um, and, and I'm not sure I'm adding this to what you said, but I don't know if this, um, how this jives with the theory, but falling back, recognizing that we've fallen back, perhaps simplifying for a certain amount of time, getting regrounded, getting our feet under us again, and then and then walking forward. Is that yes. Yes. accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things about this theory, let me just add, is that every time you move to a next stage, you, you include the stages before. So if you're at a post-conventional stage and there's a lot of stress in your life and you don't need to be seeing the world from that complex lens, that you do see the world at when you're at a post-conventional stage, mm-hmm. then you can, you can access earlier stages because you've been there before. And you can operate from them because you've been there before. However, most people, as they're moving along these, this sort of stage trajectory, find a place where they're most comfortable. And we call that a person's center of gravity. And so when we're, when we're having sort of normal stresses... Um, when life is sort of going along the way we expect, and yet we're in a stage, right? Uh, we pretty much like to come from that stage as we address what, what is coming at us in life. Mm. So the fallback is, um, you, you sometimes see it with illness or with tremendous stress, and generally we have a place inside of this stage theory where we feel the most comfortable. So that would be our fallback place or our go-to place? Our center of gravity, right? Okay. So, that, so yeah. let's just, maybe there are three things here. So there's a center of gravity. Yep. And then under stress, there is a fallback, which we've ah. been at that stage before. Yes. And then there's a go-to place if we want to continue to develop and if we want to continue to sort of work on 
the integration that we talked about earlier. So how do I bring head, heart, soul, spirit, body all together and have it all sort of make sense as I walk around? Um, that is really the task of these of moving to later stages is to really keep to continue the integration of all that we are, not just our head, you know, and the skills that we have in our uh, domain of business, and not just our feeling side, and not just our body, but everything, sort of everything moving together and, and feeding off of each other to help make us feel more whole. No, I was thinking about a time when I was working with someone um, and she said to me, she was sort of the leader of a coaching practice that I was working in for a very short time, early days. And she said to me, whatever you do, do not discuss a meditation practice with your clients. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why not? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I? I mean, that's such a helpful thing. But her, I'm starting to see now that her meaning making center of gravity was such that these things are fluffy. These things are not business oriented. They're not hard facts. So don't offer anything sort of esoteric like that to these clients. The funny thing is that uh, I read something that she wrote um, recently where she is very much a proponent of a meditation practice. So there was a little part of me that went, what the heck? Like before you told me not to and now you're a proponent of it. But I guess that's that's a story about how someone's meaning making system or stage has evolved. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And this whole idea of reflection, you know, which actually can happen uh, depending on your meditation practice, reflection on who am I in the world uh, really, really doesn't happen in the present moment very often until you are probably at the late achiever stage, moving into the post-conventional stages. Wow. So, um, so meditation is something that certain stages will appreciate a lot more than others. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We need to go to another break. I can't believe how fast this show is flying by today. And I want to uh, plant this before we come back so that we can pick it up from here after on the other side of this break. I want to talk about uh, two things. One is your upcoming program for coaches. And two, so what does this mean for, for coaches and what does this mean for leaders? Or, right. or uh, maybe we could say, what does this mean for coaches and what does this mean for everybody? So yeah. that we can kind of get a so what uh, view of this. Why would it be helpful for someone to want to engage in this exploration or this journey intentionally? It sounds like it kind of happens anyway, but, but why would one want to apply themselves to it is what I want to come back to on the other side. So, we'll be right back. I'm Shamin Sadik, and this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and I'm joined today by Barbara Bram and Chris Wall, two of my colleagues who are specialists in the field of adult development theory and working with leaders using that theory. Before we jump back into the conversation, I want to mention some upcoming events. So I've talk every week about the Leadership Circle Profile Certification, and Barbara and Chris are also from the Leadership Circle world. That's how I came to be in relationship with them, was through that community. Uh, we are teaching, I am teaching the Leadership Circle Profile in three cities this year, and there are, and we are teaching it in many cities this year, but I'm just going to name the three that I'm teaching. Uh, April 15th to 17th in Toronto, June 10th to 12th in the D.C. area, September 30th to October 1st in Denver. So if you are interested in uh, the Leadership Circle profile becoming uh, certified to use this suite of assessment technology for leadership development, then go to theleadershipcircle.com and uh, find out more and sign up. Secondly, the Leadership System Certification, so this is a advanced training from the Leadership Circle, is happening here in Toronto April 21st to 23rd. So the week after our certification is the Leadership System Certification. I've talked about this before. It's a certification for people who are already trained and certified to use the Leadership Circle that really brings an entire system of leadership development to you so that you can take it to your clients. Again, more on that on theleadershipcircle.com. But please join me in my hometown of Toronto, April 21st to 23rd. I'm not teaching. Two of my colleagues are. But I hope to be there with you in the room so we can enjoy this experience and the learning together. Third, 
Barbara and Chris have a program coming to Toronto. So if you're local and want to engage more with Barbara and Chris and learn more about what you've been hearing today, you will be delighted to know that they are coming here to present Using Adult Development Theory to Coach Leaders, April 15th to 17th in Toronto. And I think they have a special for Canadian participants. Maybe, uh, Barbara, you can tell us about that. Yes, we do. We have a, a $200 discount on the price of the workshop because we understand that right now there's a little bit of differential in the currency rate between U.S. dollars and Canadian dollars. So we are making it very attractive for our Canadian colleagues. Wonderful, wonderful. I know that there are many, many people here in the Toronto area who will find that very appealing and very interesting and very relevant, especially if they listened to the show today. To register, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's go to this website, beyourowncoach.com. Is that right? Is that where the the flyer is? Okay, so it's B-E-Y-O-U-R-O-W-N. C-O-A-C-H dot com. That's BeYourOwnCoach.com. So you can go there and uh, register for that program. So back to Chris and Barbara. We were talking before the break about wanting to bring this to a so what. So what for humans? So what for coaches? Um, I'm not sure which order we should discuss that in. But ladies, tell us more about, um, so what then? If I'm a leader, why does this matter to me? Well, I think um, maybe if I start for just a moment with a a coach, Shamin, because that's certainly what Chris and I both do as coach right now, is that for us as coaches, kind of the so what is that when we understand this theory, we can better meet our clients where they are. So, for example, there's a certain stage of development where I find it difficult to delegate. There are other stages of development where I find it easy to delegate. So if I'm a coach and I'm working with someone who's trying to learn that skill of delegation, when I understand this theory, then I have an idea around how could I best present that to my client so that they could actually learn to be more successful in delegation. Now, in terms of a leader, then when they understand kind of what this developmental trajectory is, then they also can see what's easy for them to develop skills around and what's more challenging for them to develop skills around. So I think think for me, um, in addition to what Barbara said, I think the so what is that it's as a coach, it's very easy to sit with an executive, a leader, who has three degrees, who's sitting at the top of an organization, um, and who may not be able to see what it is that you as a coach can see, assuming that your stage is a stage later than the leader. Mm. It's very easy to get seduced by people's titles, etc. And when people can't quite see things, I have learned over the years that it's not because they don't have a great brain, and it's not because they haven't studied at a great university or, you know, become renowned in something that they're really great for. It really has to do with this business of capacity to see multiple perspectives, which is what we see when we are working with people at later stages. And 
that can be developed. So, and, and and when I work with leaders who who get upset with people that are reporting to them or people in their organization that they just can't see it, you know, I think the judgments start to come. You know, this person's just not worth their value. They're not valuable to us. Um, they can't do what we need to be done. Often, it's not that. It's that they don't. They that it hasn't been. Um, spoken to them in a way that they get it. So oftentimes when you're not having a meeting of minds with someone, it's not because they're resistant or that they're trying to um, make you look bad. It's none of that. Often it is just that we're at a different stage. And so I think for leaders this is really, really important to understand that they need to figure out language that will help them meet their colleagues and subordinates where they are so that so that work can actually get done. So I, I, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. It feels like there are three. One is coach as coach. Mm-hmm. The other is leader as leader. But the other is leader as coach or, yep. or leader as um, guide or something. Leader as developer. You know, mm, I mean, developer, I think yeah. We know, I mean, you talked about the leadership circle and we know that there has, there's been research and that um, there is a correlation between the way that transformational change can take place in an organization and the leader's stage. So that's actually another one of the imperatives, I think, is to really pay attention to a developmental agenda inside of an organization so that leaders really can move to the creative part of the leadership circle to a place where they are seeing multiple perspectives and and where they are able to lead um, to something something big and vast that maybe other people can't quite see. And it's their job to be able to translate that. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I want to speak for a moment about my own experience as a coach using yeah. the stage of adult development frame in my work. It has made my work immensely more powerful and more impactful than it was before. I was thinking of a day where early days, uh, again, back when I was in that other coaching practice with the person who said no meditating, um, I, I went to visit a potential client and you talked about, uh, Barbara, I think you said it, assuming that the, oh, I'm, I'm not sure who said it, but assuming that the coach's stage is later than the the leader stage, the coach can help the leader to see something that they can't see from where they're sitting. So right. this le- this leader said to me, you know, tell me what the the best, like, tell me what the new thinking in leadership or coaching is about leadership. And I was at an earlier stage, maybe than him, but definitely an earlier stage than I am now. And I I liked coaching because it was a way for me to hide behind my questions. I liked that I didn't have to offer. I was probably at a diplomat or expert. No, probably a diplomat stage. I didn't want to assert myself because I was afraid of being wrong and then being not liked and so on and so forth. So I turned the question to him. And he uh, subsequently didn't engage me as his coach. And I don't blame him one bit looking at it from where I am now because he said, I asked you a question and you asked me a question back. Mm. So you didn't give me an answer and I needed to have the comfort that you knew what you were talking about or you knew what the latest sort of trend was or the latest thinking was. And if you didn't have that, then I didn't feel comfortable with you as my coach. I don't want someone who's just going to ask questions. I want someone Mm -hmm. who has an opinion too. Mm-hmm. It was a superb learning for me at that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good story. And an, and an invitation into my own development, which I'm 
I guess if there's a fourth piece for me that I'm passionate about with respect to your training, it is a coach as human being in development too. Right. We, we, I believe we have, to be, we have to be engaged in this journey with ourselves if we're going to invite our clients into it as well. Yes. And I think it takes a lot of courage. I think there aren't that many markers out there in our culture that help, as we said earlier, that help people through this, help people along. And uh, one of the things that I would say is that for those of you who do have a desire to keep on learning and growing, where you feel like you might be outgrowing relationships, outgrowing your job, outgrowing the context that you're in. You know, um, when I was going through this, the thing that helped me the most was reading books. Mm. I, I, books were my best friends at that time. They're what gave me courage. And I'm mm. forever grateful to all those people out there who are blazing the path that, um, so that we can keep on learning. Beautiful. We have about three minutes left, so uh, why don't we take about a minute each, and I'd love it if you would just give me, Barbara, why don't you go first, give me an example of, um, just a small example of one of the transitions in your life, what, what it was like to transition from some stage to the next stage. Well, the, the, what's coming immediately to my mind is uh, the transition from expert mm. to achiever. And at the expert stage, we have our ideas about what's the right way to do things, and we can sometimes be a little bit superior or even a little bit arrogant. And I remember dating my husband and telling him about the right way to load the dish drainer (laughs) and the right way to wash the dishes. And I think that when we're at that expert stage, it's easier to get into a kind of fights or disagreements or misunderstandings with people about what, what's right. And so that transition out of expert and having a lot more tolerance for mm-hmm. other people doing things in different ways but still getting to a good outcome, the dishes still get done, um, that's a, just a real personal strong reminder of that transition for me. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And Chris, what about you? Well, I, I think I just started to speak about it when I talked about the books, and that was the transition from achiever to pluralist, mm. which for many people is a pretty rocky transition that can take some time, and it takes a tremendous amount of patience and quiet, I would say quiet, to be able to really listen internally to what matters to you. And so I was doing all of that, listening internally. I, I love to be outside. Um, I was reading, you know, books by Thich Nhat Hanh and Eckhart Tolle and Jack Kornfield and Lord knows who, you know, any spiritual tradition, John O'Donohue. I was reading everything I could get my hands on. And at that stage, what I remember, um, this is also between me and my husband, is that I was very excited about all this new learning that I was going through. And... Uh, typical of the pluralist stage, you, you want everyone to sort of get that excited about it, right? Right. And uh, <laughs> my husband was really great. He, he, he was very clear. He said, Chris, I just want a wife, not a coach. In other <laughs> words, in other words his, his journey has to be his own. It couldn't be the same as mine. Absolutely. And, uh, and so that was also a huge revelation, um, the, the sort of aloneness that I felt in that transition. Um, I know he was my partner and he was on my side. And I realized that this was something that 
I needed to do on my own. It was not something that where I was going to carry him along. And actually, I don't know what stage he is. He could be beyond me. I don't actually know. But um, I think it's very hard to, to uh, figure out the people you're closest to in terms of stage, Myers-Briggs, etc. So um, I don't even try, really. But um, that was my story, is that the books really sustained me. And I needed to learn how to keep the, keep my own learning going at the same time being in the world that he and I had created with our kids and that I had created with my work. I needed to find ways to ex- expand my own platform, try things out. It was scary. I had to follow my intuition. My body started to give me all kinds of signals about what I could do and what I couldn't do. And, um, Beautiful. I found Beautiful. it to be an incredibly rich, I call it my points of light transition. Well, we need to bring this such a rich conversation to a close and I think we should come back for another another time Chris and Barbara because there's so much that you've begun to share here at the very end that we could have a whole other show or two just exploring what it is to be in that journey and the aloneness and the individualness of that so I thank you so very very much both of you for joining me here today on Stories from the Heart of Leadership and hope you'll come and join me again and to our listeners Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I look forward to that. Take care. Thank you you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone.